Well, hey there, everybody. Meteorologist Dave Turley here along with the meteorologist Andrew Gordon. And we are wrapping up Hurricane Idalia as it made its way through the region. Andrew, I don't know about you, but I am happy to say goodbye, Idalia. Idalia, however you want to say it, you are gone for us. Yeah, you throw in a southern accent and you got about 10 different ways. We've said that over the past couple of days, a little sleepy, but, you know, definitely could have been worse for us. Thankfully, this was a weakening system as it came in, still impactful. And we're going to go over some of the impacts that we've had, kind of give you that wrap up and uh, give you some rain totals, some wind gusts across the area and talk about better things to come. Yes. Uh, so Idalia moved over our area on Wednesday, August 30th. We were recording this podcast, as you can see, scrolling on the bottom of your screen. If you're watching this uh, podcast, if you're listening, you can't see it. But today is Thursday, <laughs> August 31st, and we're just after 11 a.m. So we got the new 11 a.m. advisor. So we'll talk about where is Idalia now. And thankfully, it's moving well away from our area. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, did def- So for us, this is interesting. It was a quicker track, so it brought in the wind a little bit earlier than maybe what we said on Monday. But that wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it was a weakening system when it happened. The right. earlier arrival meant that we didn't have the onshore flow for our portion of the coast during high tide. That then was bad news for Charleston and that portion of the low country because right. they saw their fifth highest ever tide. Uh, so, you know, anything, it's it's a little give and take. It's good for something, bad for something else. Yeah, and I think our tie, we were watching it possibly getting up to 10.3 feet based on that slower projection, more of an onshore flow to the wind, could possibly have been higher than that. Thankfully, yeah. with that uh, system, the center of the circulation moving quicker, we had more of a westerly breeze. And I don't, even think, our, I don't think our tide at Fort Pulaski officially got over nine feet. So... No real coastal flooding to speak of uh, uh, from Idalia, but there was a lot of inland flooding due to a lot of the rain which we had, and there was quite a bit of it too. Yeah, I know that uh, Bullitt County this morning, even you know, twelve plus hours removed from the rain being out of there, they said that they had over fifty roads still impacted, and a lot of those are dirt roads, and that's more clay, and you know, it's a little sandy still in that area too, so it's a mess. Um, And thankfully, we do have some dry weather. We'll talk about coming up that will help in that uh, you know recovery effort, drier process. Yeah, yeah, but it takes a while. It's not just like an asphalt road, you know, driving around Savannah, it's pretty dry here now, but not so much for a lot of the areas that you see on your screen that got, you know, six, seven plus eight inches. I had somebody, you know, reach out over in Bullock County. They said, my rain gauge goes to eight inches. It overflowed. So, I mean, there was a lot of rain out there and thankfully we haven't heard of any, you know, injuries related to that. Yeah. And uh, we did have the rain and this is the storm basically performed exactly what we were thinking we didn't think we're going to get a lot of hurricane impacts this was more of a windstorm trees coming down power outage was the main concern along with some flooding and we did get a lot of that inland flooding due to the rain but as far as the winds were concerned we didn't see any hurricane force winds but they were close some of those were approaching 70. Yeah, within five miles an hour of officially being a hurricane force wind there on the south end of Tybee. And I always look to that uh, anemometer uh, to measure that wind speed as one of the strongest if you've got a flow that's coming onshore, because there is absolutely nothing to stop that from the friction of the wind to just come on in there where that gauge specifically is, uh, you know, positioned. It is water. 
you know, maybe a hundred feet of sand and then the anemometer. So it's always going to be a little higher, at least, you know, the most exposed, all that to say that we're a little warty. We're tired out here. <laughs> yes. But yeah, you know, you can look on your screen and maybe you could, we can read some of those off for the folks that aren't. Yeah. South uh, Tybee had 69 miles per hour. That gauge, we were just looking at that right at the southern end of, uh, of Tybee Island. And um, they had 69 miles per hour. And you were mentioning again, that was less friction right on the water, basically. St. Simon, 67 miles per hour. Alma had 56. And I think that was their second highest wind gust recorded wow. uh, since they started recording. I, I think that's what it, it was saying, something like that. Uh, Beaufort, 66. 64 in the Calabogie Sound. And it, it's showing Savannah at 56. Now, that's not at the airport. No. I think the airport was officially 52 mile per hour wind gust. But again, that's enough to take down power uh, lines and trees and stuff like that. So we're still dealing with those power outages out there right now here in Georgia. Uh, there's a look at the power outage map, and it might take a little while to get all the power coming back on. Yeah, especially like going into the nitty gritty and looking at the impacts here and seeing where these outages are. It's not just one pole takes down a neighborhood, they fix that. They're very spotty. Right. So, uh, you know, even driving around yesterday safely, whenever I was getting home from work, you could see, you know, one side of the street didn't have power, the other did. And then we lost power, then we got it back. And it's just not as simple as you fix one pole, you get 100 people back. It might only might take a couple hours work to get five houses. It's just uh, it takes some time. So we've got to be patient with that. Exactly. And that's look at the uh, Georgia. Georgia has more outages, especially in South Georgia, where we right. had the, the, the storm, still a hurricane down as it was moving out of Florida into southern areas of Georgia. So more winds, damage, trees down, power outage there. There's a look at our South Carolina outages. And again, it's a lot less, but still impactful, especially it looks like in the Jasper and Hampton counties. Yeah. You know, last night um, after that wind, like right after the strongest wind had passed over the Savannah River into the low country, uh, there were almost 50,000 people or customers in Georgia and our portion of Georgia, uh, even Chatham County, I think it was even just Chatham County that had power outages. And then that is a customer, so a household or a business. So then you probably multiply that by a couple, you know, two people living in a home or you got a family. Right. So you had over a hundred thousand people in Chatham County without power at one point. Yeah. Or close to it. There, It's a lot. And it's going to take a, a slower progress uh, to get this uh, power back on. I know we got some of the larger trees coming down and we had a lot of video of that this morning. A lot of live shots from that one tree at Habersham and 50th. Uh, a large oak tree took down, uh, I think it was power line, took up a lot of the uh, sidewalk as well. So um thankfully i haven't heard any deaths uh, no. there, right I, I you were work the morning so i don't know right. anything new but it was mostly just structural damage and power outages but nobody lost their life thankfully yeah i've not heard of that either which is a good thing so so far you know it seems like a lot of people heeded uh, the warnings of the potential with this forecast and it panned out pretty close to what we were thinking. Yes, that storm weakened a little bit quicker as it moved faster, couldn't hold itself together structurally as uh, vertically. So that would have kept it a little slower, a little stronger, but that we're not complaining about that. No. Um, yes, it came in a little bit earlier, but everybody, you know, for the most part, we had a lot of people that were out of school, a lot of businesses either let, you know, weren't open all day because they knew the afternoon evening could have been a little bit worse and everything panned out pretty well. Unfortunately, you know, doing those tornado warnings in the morning, you always look at that as a possibility on the northeastern side of a, a center of circulation there. And uh, we had some velocities that were pulling over 80 at times, especially over coastal yes. portions of Richmond Hill. 
Yeah, and uh, it was just a very windy day. You mentioned some of the businesses closing. I was surprised that some of them were still open. When I was coming into work, we did the kind of planned out the day where we'd always have two meteorologists, you know, you and Dylan in the morning, and then Jamie and I will come in. We'll overlap for an hour or two, and then we'd take over the evening. So there was always two of us. Um, so when I was coming in, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I couldn't believe how many people were out on the roads. Yeah. It's like we, we, there's a tropical storm, all this wind, the trees possibly coming down and stuff like that. And it was packed. It was, it was like a regular day. And my wife uh, went out to Kroger. She's like, do you, do you need anything? I, I don't know if it's even open. She went there. It was open. And, you know, they were, they were stocking the shelves and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it was limited to some stuff. Most of the stuff that she was trying to get was out. But we still got some stuff. I was just shocked that they were still open. Yeah, I did hear uh, some of the grocery stores were open. And uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, uh, you know, trying to probably help the community, but you have to worry about some employee safety as well. So it's I, I understand that. And we're here. So either way, you know, we're coming to work. But I guess <laughs> yeah. I don't always think about how other businesses, I guess, go about that. Yeah. Uh, well, thankfully, again, we got that out of here. Today is Thursday, much better weather. And I think this nice stretch of weather is going to continue. We're heading into a holiday weekend. We got Labor Day coming up here. And I think a lot of people are going to be enjoying this. Maybe really uh, a little cool. Our first real cool shot. I, I went ahead and put mid 60s in the forecast for Savannah. So hopefully I don't uh, bite my tongue on that later this weekend but i'm looking forward to it could not ha happen at a better time you got college football really starting yes. saturday i know you're interested in that well we're going to the game saturday yeah and i yeah. will be watching from home uh the oklahoma game i think the forecast is well over 100 degrees Ooh. they have cooling stations for fans and if you have to have that i probably will not be there yeah that's but. too hot well, all those but, people in there are making it hotter on the field. Uh, yeah, but for us, you know, maybe uh, upper 60s, lower 70s out on the islands in the morning. It's going to be really nice for Saturday. Going to have a little fall taste, false fall, as we like to call it here in the yeah. weather department. And then uh, some nice weather going into your weekend. You can see there your forecast. You got mid 80s in the afternoon. Rain chances, very limited, if not non-existent. So great weather there for folks that get to enjoy a long holiday weekend. Yeah. And, and the good news, you mentioned the rain chances. I think we're basically going to be dry. Our chance coming up into the weekend before we get there tomorrow, we have a frontal boundary. This is the cold front, which is going to move through the area today on Thursday. And that's going to bring in some of the cooler weather. So today we're still in the upper eighties. Uh, we dried out, but then that front kind of stalls across North Florida, a little bit of moisture kind of interacts with that. I think we might have a few more clouds tomorrow. And in maybe in our southern areas right now, our best potential for a few showers, but yeah. most areas are dry in the weekend, as Andrew mentioned, it's looking nicer. And again, back over to that uh, forecast in the next week. Uh, we keep it a little bit cooler there in the morning hours Monday, but we do warm things back up to more typical levels for the middle of next week. So as Andrew mentioned, kind of a, a false fall. Yeah, a bit more temperate as we get into the middle of next week. So when a lot of people getting backed into the swing of things there after a long break for some of these students who might not go back to school from Wednesday, they leave Tuesday, don't go back until the next Tuesday. Some of these kids doing virtual learning um, and yeah. you, get, you put the holiday in there. You go back Tuesday. It's going to be nice, but then warmer weather starts to come in a little bit. I'm not going to say oppressively hot. I think we're kind of done with that extreme gross you know, feels like yeah. 110. You better knock out one for know. that. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping from what I'm seeing out in the future that it looks Normally better. that's the case, yeah. Let, let's keep our fingers crossed on that. So I think that's pretty much a wrap sure. on Thanks Idalia. Thanks for joining us though, right? 
And uh, yeah, and I think we're all just going to breathe a sigh of relief, a little bit more cleanup for some of us. And then we get to enjoy a nice weekend with college football and some cooler temperatures. So for meteorologist Andrew Gordon, I am meteorologist Dave Turley. Have yourself a great day.